Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports betting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets at our self-service kiosk or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As usual, and we had some news right before I hit record, the Steelers are bringing back Anthony Miller. I adore this move. We don't know the details other than it's a one-year deal. I don't know what the price tag is. Um, They got him at a very nice rate a year ago. I can't believe anyone on the planet thinks his stock went up after missing the whole year. So probably running back a similar deal or maybe even a more friendly deal. Who's to say? A couple notes here. I hope you read it, but every Wednesday my article comes out. And last Wednesday was my off-season plan for the offense. And Miller was brought up prominently. He was somebody that I thought should be a priority. Glad they agreed with me. Made me feel smart. I'm putting the finishing touches on the defensive one as we speak. Very different approach than the offensive one. You'll see that on the site tomorrow. Check it out. Leave me some feedback. So what do they get in Miller? Well, actually, speaking of articles, some of the first things I did with DK were I profiled individual players, all their draft picks, all their signings, things of that nature. And I wrote a an entire article on Miller. And unfortunately, I think that was during camp. I'm almost sure it was. Um, and then he got hurt very shortly after. So go back and read that. I mean, that's going to be a lot more detail. Talks about some of his college production, his stint with the Texans and Bears. Started his career really strong with Chicago. And I don't know why he fell out of favor with the Bears and Texans. But I look at it as, as a, a benefit to the Steelers. You know, they, they scoop him up. He's, he's at that point of his career where it's kind of now or never. I'm not saying he's a bad apple, but I mean, if for whatever reason he didn't work hard enough in his first stints or whatever, I mean, he's now at that career crossroads where that never should be an issue. And again, I don't know that it was an issue with him or whatever. I just found it was weird that wide receiver, te- wide receiver needy teams moved on for him without getting much back. But again, I think it's a great addition for the Steelers. He's very competitive. He is thickly built. He's not super tall. He's pretty thickly built, though. He will mix it up as a blocker, which we know is key to this offense. He can play outside, but he's really a slot. So now I think that gives you four receivers. I mean, it gives you Deontay and Pickens on the outside. They're your starters. Austin and Miller as slots, although Austin did a lot of really good work outside as a college player, too. And Miller and Austin are very different. Miller's thicker, stronger, heavier, um, more of a route runner, more of a option route runner type guy. Think like Welker, Edelman routes, things like that. But he has some deep abilities as well. You know, we know Austin is speed, 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 speed. So that gives you a nice blend there. Um, I think you guys know my thoughts on receivers, especially with the young quarterback is when in doubt, go get another one. But if they went into camp without touching the receiver room, except for maybe signing Miles Boykin or something like that. I can live with these guys as a top four. I would ideally love this to be the top four plus a third round pick, you know, but you know, there's other things, other fish to fry. Um, so I really like this. And, and the last thing I want to talk about with Miller 
is it, and I mentioned a camp, you know, I watched every practice at camp. We often broadcasted live and Miller really stood out. I mean, I was very excited about him this off season to the point where I thought he might even eclipse Claypool as the third receiver at the time in camp. I'm like, I've said on the air several times that wouldn't blow me away if Miller ends up being more useful than Claypool when it was all said and done especially because he was more of a traditional slot, but he had a really, really good camp, big plays, move the chains, you know, kind of all the above from the slot position. So this gives me a couple things. First of all, makes me feel good about myself. I said, this is something I would have done right away. They did it right away. Great. We're on the same page. Nobody told me they were going to do this. This is just my thoughts. And hey, this is a new, new Steeler front office. So I think that they're making Moves that I very much agree with. I mean, the Claypool trade, home run, and then the Miller move here. And then there's others. But uh, uh, putting the stamp of approval on the uh, on the front office right now. So good stuff. Um, I want to be come back here in a minute. A little bit of coaching news. A little bit of uh, Cowboys Buck stuff as well. All right, we're back. I'm sure most of you watched or are familiar with Dallas just basically destroying the Buccaneers last night. I thought that'd be a much closer game. Dallas played tremendous. Prescott was great. Micah Parsons was great. And I think they're definitely the better, on their best day, the much more competitive team to win the whole thing. So the best teams are in it, is my point. Um, But there's some ramifications here. I think we have to talk about Tom Brady. I know we're talking Steelers more than anything, but... I mean, Brady's the most iconic player in NFL history, and his future is now up in the air. I mean, he he is a free agent. He does not have to return to Tampa. He's not requesting a trade. I mean, he can go wherever he wants. The teams that have been linked to him are the Raiders, Niners, Dolphins. The Niners make absolutely no sense at all, except he's from there. Maybe he wants to be a Niner. Who wouldn't want to be a quarterback of the Niners? If I'm San Francisco, I am not rocking the boat at all. I'm going with Purdy and Lance and saying, sorry, Tom, but I we're ha- very happy with where we're at. We might win the Super Bowl. Dolphins are a really weird organization. They've been linked to him time and time again. Some of the tampering stuff, some of that, you know, that has all come out. And I guess it would make some sense. Their owners infatuated with Brady. They're good buddies. There's a Michigan connection, I think, as well. But I'm going with Tua. I mean, unless the doctors tell you Tua can't be trusted to stay on the field, I mean, I, I don't really understand switching gears. I guess you could sign Brady and, you know, get a pick for Tua. So you get two, you know, two assets there, kind of for the price of one. Okay. Or if you don't think Tua can hold up, okay. The Raiders is the one I think is most likely. The Josh McDaniels connection, I think, is very real. I don't think it's a good fit at all, though. I mean, I don't think that line is capable of protecting him. He's really starting to look old to me. I mean, he leads the league by far in getting the ball out of his hands very quickly. It's very end-of-Ben career-esque, except Ben was much more comfortable taking hits than Brady. If you watch that game last night, too, I mean, he's making a lot of 
dumb decisions that he never did. And he's making a lot of plays where he's on the move, you know, not because he had to so much. I mean, he's scrambling and making odd throws that he didn't used to even attempt. It doesn't look like the same style of player. I mean, they had him throw 66 times, no running game. So bad stuff. I mean, I, I hope he retires because I think it could be Franco with Seattle. Um, but it also brings us to this. Byron Leftwich was relieved of his duties after that game. And there's a lot of rumors with him coming to the Steelers, which I understand. You know, he played here. Tomlin loves him. Very respected guy. Tough as could be. Leader. Tremendous human being from what I understand. And here's my quick take on Leftwich. I'm going to do more work on it and see if there is any truth to him replacing Matt Canada or if that's even real or whatever. But I wanted to address it. Um, a year ago, if you told me, hey, the Steelers are going to hire Byron Leftwich, I always said, wow, that's awesome. Phenomenal. You know, this guy's really was head coach material a year ago. You know, the, the Bucks were flourishing. Um, he was he built himself a tremendous reputation for all the reasons I mentioned, smart leader, all that stuff. And his offenses were humming. But now this past year, and I can't just blame Brady or I can't just blame, oh, their left guards are out or they didn't have AB and Gronk or whatever. Their offense was really, really bad in Tampa this year. And two things that stand out, well, three things stand out is they are one of, well, four things stand out. Was Bruce Arians that important? You know, he's an offensive mind. He's the one that taught basically left which everything he knows from a coaching perspective, also Steeler ties. And I, Todd Bowles, their head coach, is somebody I worked with with the Browns and have great respect for. I think Todd's a defensive coordinator and not a head coach, where Arians is clearly a head coach. Is that enough plus decaying Brady to bring Leftwich down? And also the other things I mentioned, maybe. Um, but they're also like the least analytical organization in the league in terms of play calling, going all the analytics stuff, all the game day analytics stuff, Tampa along with Leftwich are very low on the list in terms of, boy, it's most efficient to throw in first down. Well, they're not, they're not reading those articles. Let me just put it that way. Now, the other things that stand out too negatively are they were the worst last, easily last run game in the whole league last year. Now, the Steelers would keep their foundational run game and go from there, but it was bad. I mean, I don't know how else to say this. I mean, the Bucks' run game was so bad that they had Brady throw the ball 66 times last night. Not only that, how many times am I going to talk explosives? It's going to be my theme of the offseason. Got to generate more explosives. Well, when you look at runs of 10 yards or more and passes of 20 yards or more completions, that's how most people judge explosives. They were also last in that. So you you contributed to the least explosive offense in the league. You coordinated it with the worst run game. That's not a glowing recommendation. But again, if you said a year ago, hey, Matt, do you want Byron Leftwich? Oh, yeah, I'll take Byron Leftwich. But this was a dismal, dismal year. Uh, last, last little nugget here is an, also a coaching situation. The Browns hired Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator. Uh, Coach Flores was rumored to be very much in that mix. Obviously, he's not. 
I like the – we're not here to talk Browns, but I like the coach hire for them. It's a stabilizing guy. I think feel like that side of the ball could use stability for the Browns. Not that Flores wouldn't bring it. But another nugget with Flores is the Cardinals hired their new GM from the Titans organization. And he made his bones with the Patriots, spent like 15, 18 years, something like that, in the Patriots front office scouting – and him and Vrabel obviously have a connection. So he's now the head, he's now the, the head, uh, he's a GM in Arizona. But him and Flores are supposedly very close. I would think that we're, again, no one's telling me these things. I'm just guessing that we'll soon hear Flores the Cardinal rumors, either as defensive coordinator or maybe as head coach. And head coach, I think, brings you draft picks where I don't think coordinator does from a Steeler perspective. I'd love to keep Flores, but I like draft picks a lot, too. So uh, that's kind of the rumors and stuff of today, Tuesday, and we will come back tomorrow with some more talk. All right. Over and out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.